0: We are raw and real Western women who have endured the fires of life, and though we carry the brands of our trials, we are learning how to
1: satisfy our thirst with the well water that comes from the only one that can truly satisfy, Jesus. Journey with us as we explore an unlimited range of topics.
2: We will discuss our personal experiences,
3: the good, the bad, and the ugly, along our beautiful journeys to the well, and so much more. Water
0: up! Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a super special topic for you this evening that's near and dear to all of our hearts. It's a big part of our journey that we've all been on together for over two years now, and part of the root of what brought us together. And it is something that was brought to Katie. She was called to do something by the Lord, and it's been a journey, and not just for her, but for all of us. And it roots in a question that is found in the beginning of the book that she wrote, Spilled Coffee, Marriage, and White Sheets. And the question is, why is it when something is spilled onto our marriage with the potential to stain it that the offender is not stripped down right then and quickly put through the wash process? So we are going to answer this question for you from each of our own perspectives, and Katie is also going to share a little bit about her journey, what drove her to write the book, and what it means to her. So in writing this book, it was initially
3: for our Bible study group. We were, actually, it wasn't even a we thing. It was, I was discouraged because our first night of Bible study didn't go the way I wanted it to. And so it was clearly a me thing. And as I was talking it out with the Lord, he basically just told me, he was like, obviously this is not about you. You need to take a step back. And he was like, I got this handled. So the next morning I'm sitting there with my coffee in my quiet time and Misty actually had sent me a video and it was by Stephen Furtick and it was, what is hurting your relationship." So, like, I'm all excited, and I'm, like, sitting down, getting ready to do this, you know, and listen, and I'm very particular about my sheets. Like, I'm just one of those weird texture people, and this is my first pair of sheets that, like, are costly to me. Not Walmart sheets. They were Target sheets. (laughs) And so, like, and they're white, you know, and so I was sitting there, and I kid you not, it was like my hand just, like, dumped my coffee, and I was just like, what? And I immediately went into, like, all kinds of, like craziness and whatnot and God like immediately stopped me right there and he was like why is it when things are spilt on your marriage that they are not cleaned up right then and there and not left for potential to stain and I was like I don't know that's a really good question and that's how it like originated so it was like basically like just a paper that I had written for the Bible study and we had actually joked for a little while about it being a book and I was just like I'm not an author I've never once ever thought of myself of writing a book but obviously god works in mysterious ways and here we are and we wrote a book and it was published and it is basically the root of our what we go over so um it's something that's very dear to me because it talks about personal experiences in my marriage and how i was tearing it apart you know initially you like to point fingers at the other because it's easier for For you to do that to them. Than it is to self reflect. And Jesus guided self reflection. And so. It was basically how. I was tearing my marriage apart. And not knowing it. And how God walked me through it. And explaining to me what I was doing. And then showing me how to correct it. So that's originally where it came from. And it just turned out to be a big blessing to me. Through the the journey. That Jesus has had me on. Because it's something that. I would have never pictured myself doing and really it was God like I can only remember a portion of what the book says so I know for a fact that it was him writing it and not me
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. and something I want to add to that too is this is a journey that he took you on that also it influenced all of us so it's something that's tangible. Like it is within your reach. It's not unrealistic. It's not unattainable. It's real. It's something that everybody in every marriage in every home can grasp and utilize and put to work. It's something that everyone can utilize. It is. Mm
3: -hmm. And it's one of the one of the biggest things is it's when it says Jesus guided self reflection, like you can sit out and look at yourself and not see anything wrong with you. But when God and, and Jesus are in control and He's the one that's showing you, it opens a whole new door to things like I was going to church every so every time the doors were open, I was there. I was doing my 10%. was doing all the things that the Bible called me to do. But I was doing it with an ungrateful heart and resentment towards my husband because he didn't go to church with me. He wasn't doing the godly walk that I wanted him to. Never would I sit there and you know, see God working through him because I was too worried about the things that he was doing wrong. And I wanted to pinpoint, well, let me tell you something, I was getting up every morning, sitting in my closet, praying to God. I, I was demanding change. Like I wanted change in him. Never once I look at myself, but I was demanding change in him and nothing happened for two solid years. Nothing happened. And I got upset with God and I was just like, you know. I dedicate myself to you. I sit here and I pray and pray and pray and nothing happened. And God was like, you're going to be the one changing. Let me lay down these things about you. You've laid down all this about him. Now let me show you what you've done. And it by far surpassed everything that I laid down about him. And like, it crushed me. And like, it, w- it's just been a journey, like you said, of learning how to self-reflect through Jesus and not through the fleshly view. hmm So... And that's
1: a good perspective because I didn't realize the self-reflection until I could truly forgive him, which then allowed me to be free to look at myself. And so for some reason, not fully forgiving somebody can put on blinders to, what well, we actually need to change about ourselves. You just have to let it go and then work on that mending and healing portion. Yep.
0: That's right. And when it comes to this question, you know, why is it that we don't immediately address the offender? Why is it that we don't immediately address what's staining in that moment, whatever it might be? For me, a lot of the time when something happens in our home or in our family, and I'm not sure what drives it or where it's rooted, but it's like, I just want to be angry for a minute. Mm-hmm. I just want to be mad for a minute. I'm in it, and I feel it, and I'm about to own it, and I just want to be there for a minute. And and I don't like the way that makes me feel, but it's almost like you can't dig yourself out of the hole you know, fast enough or don't have the strength to, especially on your own. But it's something that I now recognize about myself and have been working on addressing. Again, addressing myself just like you had to address yourself because it's for me it's it's an anger thing I want to be angry about whatever it is that's staining in that moment instead of handling it properly
3: and that anger is a big thing for me like it's one of my most hardest emotions to contain and it's easier for me to contain it to a complete stranger than it is to contain it in my home. And me and you Mm -hmm. were talking about that yesterday. Mm -hmm. It is an absolute war zone in my home. But any stranger can be ugly to me out in the open, and I can take it and blow it off and just be as godly as you want me to be to them. But when it occurs in my home, the problem is is that's the person that I love, that knows me back and forth like knows me. And I, in my mind, I think, well, why would you do that to hurt me? If you love me, then you wouldn't have said that about me, or you wouldn't have said that to me. Like, it's different because that's your person. So it hurts you in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you lash out differently because it truly hurts you. Whereas a stranger, it's just a stranger, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't really know you. They just, you know, whatever, you could blow it off. But when it's somebody that you truly love, it hits different. And then it's like ding 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 game on you know like you want to hurt me like let me I've been bottling this up and that and the book talks about that about how I used to shove it in this little bag and just wait for him to say something because I was fixing to use it like I was fixing to get him and I called it my little bag of ammo and I was just like could not wait mm-hmm. just be like bring it on sucker <laughs> you know and then like God's like you got you can't do that no more and I'm like, but those were really good. And you know they were. <laughs> I just like, want to use know. it one time. Yeah, yeah. No, and you, you can't. And <clears throat> it's harder whenever the person you love hurts you. And then you have to forgive them. Well, it's mm-hmm. just in your face. The stranger out in the open is not in your face. You kind of bygone. Or if it was through text or whatever, like, it's not immediately in your face. But that is your home. And it's just there. And so you have to deal with it. And so, and when, and when the other side is not looking at it through a godly perspective, and you are, like that's that division line there, with the good fighting the evil, and you're trying mm-hmm. to set that example, but they know exactly what to do to provoke mm-hmm. you. And it's yeah. just like, I done told you once, you're provoking me. <laughs> you know, and then come second time, you're like, I done told you twice, you're provoking me. And then three times, it's like, I'm fixing to grab this chair and sling it at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it just, it just hits different when it's in your home. Mm-hmm. And that's the mm-hmm. ultimate playground for Satan anyways, especially in a marriage is what can I do mm-hmm. yep. for sure. with your thoughts, with your emotions? You know, what can I do? You know, he's not listening. Yeah, his, his walk may not be as strong as mine. So let me use that against you. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's the ultimate battlefield.
1: The devil always puts blame on that other person or puts a magnifying glass on them so you can see what they're doing wrong and nitpick them and just yep. constantly be aggravated by them whenever they're not doing anything wrong or anything different, but he wants to put that magnifying glass so mm-hmm. it can negative Im- impact you and your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I can create a scenario in my head. Like if we get an arg- a heated argument, like it can be about something, but like when I'm off by myself like i can already create a scenario that hasn't even happened but like i want it to foresee like want it to happen mm-hmm. and then like i play on it and then i repeat it and like that a long time ago was pointed out to me like that is a sin like you can't do that like you've got to mm-hmm. get out of that but you constantly repeat it of what you would have said or what you're gonna say mm-hmm. when that deal arises and then you just sit there and you just obsess over it like i have an issue with that so like I have to like com- immediately like wipe it clean and be like you know. Whatever. So it's just a struggle and like, I guess Satan knows that about me because he uses it a lot mm-hmm. <clears throat> to create something like that and just makes me or makes me look on past things that happened forever ago and then it's like those are brought into the forefront too. Well, this is not the first occurrence of this. You remember this and then you pull it in and mm-hmm. it's like you immediately have to just be like you know I'm not doing this.
1: Yep. Yep. and that's the difference in letting that stain sit mm-hmm. versus immediately washing it out and getting rid of it because if we don't Im- immediately get rid of it then we do have that little bit of a residue that reminds us of that stain and let me bring that back up you know it's just like if you have a stain on a carpet you can wash it and wash it and wash it but eventually over time it seeps back up to the top where in a sheet, you can tend to get through every single fiber, but if you allow it to get deep enough, it will mm-hmm. stick.
3: And, like, the the funny thing about the coffee is, like, it, it, it was funny because Satan tried to use something that I enjoy, and that's my time with God in the mornings. It's like he tried to use something to make it you know just mess everything up so like he uses the things that you love the most against you Mm -hmm. and like even though coffee's not a big thing but I like my coffee like there's a lot of people that just love coffee and that's just one of those things that I do but I tie that in with my quiet time it's just something that me and the Lord do in the mornings it's coffee and we sit down and I pray and you know I dig into the word and stuff like that but it's just funny how he uses those things and then like just makes you sit there and Mm -hmm. I don't know, focus on them. Yeah. And as far as like the staining and stuff and not fixing it or, you know, removing it right when it does, a lot of my problem is is I'm hard-headed. And once I'm pushed to that point, I don't want to fix it. Mm -hmm. Like it's hurt my feelings and it's like, you know, it's hard to come back from that. And that's something that I still struggle with now, even with writing the book and it being revealed to me, that's something that I have to keep inward and it like when I keep my anger inward it makes me sick so like for the next few days like I will not feel good or mm-hmm. I'll be sick because I've just engulfed that anger instead of lashing it out like I normally would I just internalize it and I'll work through it by praying to God and asking him to show me where I was wrong so I can fix it and if I need to apologize and it's saying like that and we all know how hard it is to apologize mm-hmm. if you said things <laughs> that you shouldn't have. So I try to be quick about not, I'll just immediately shut down so I don't say something that I regret later. Mm-hmm. Because the other may not have learned yet to not put that in a little bag of ammo. Like they mm-hmm. still may, still might be piling that up and then later they throw it back at you and it's like, okay, listen, you can't do that. Like that was my tactic and you know you can't
1: do that. <laughs> I know how that game works yeah I know how that game works
3: you can't do that but like even like with me and Keegan like that's a struggle for both of us because his initial thing when you hurt his feelings he's coming back with something and he's going to hurt your feelings if not twice as bad that's just how anger works for him Mm -hmm. so it's better to just stop it right then and there and let each other cool down and then come back and process through yes Mm
0: -hmm. and that's something too I think you know like we've talked about anger and emotion driving why don't we strip it down right away and for so many people i believe it does but for some i think it's it's a it's a lazy tactic Mm -hmm. too because it is a journey and it is a process when god teaches you and shows you this is what you need to address this is what's going on with you and this is what you need to fix in yourself you know so that i can work on your marriage Mm -hmm. well that's a process and it takes work just like putting forth action in any area of your godly walk it takes work and um, laziness i think is a big thing for some and they don't want to put in the effort yeah. and then asking
3: god to self reflect help them self reflect if you're not out of your selfishness in general you're not going to ask jesus to help you self reflect right. like you know your eyes haven't been unveiled to the things that you're doing wrong and like, for instance, there's some things that Keegan may do that I know because God has showed me that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But to him, it's not wrong yet. Yeah. Like, it hasn't been shown to him like God has not shown him, hey, that's wrong, you shouldn't do that. To him, he's just fine. But in my mind, I, I want to point, you see that mm-hmm. right there? Like, you can't be mm-hmm. doing that, but they don't perceive it that way. Then it's mm-hmm. a judgmental thing, or yeah. who are you to tell me? And it's not, and it's not their fault. You have to intercede for them in prayer until the veil is lifted.
2: Well, That's- you said something to me yesterday that was a really good point, and like a lot of times when you're in those situations where you are fighting with your spouse and you're in the heat of anger, you ain't looking at yourself Mm-mm. and what right. you've done wrong, even though they're turning around and doing the same thing to you that you would have done to them, like you're just working against each other and it's just a constant battle. Whereas if you said yesterday, like it, it's a, we got to treat them kind of like they're our children. Like Paul was talking to the church at, I think it was Corinthians. And he was like, y'all are like my children. This is why I'm, you know, working so hard with y'all. Like, this is why I'm writing letters to rebuke y'all. So that way you will learn how to grow from it. And like, um, like, he wrote letters to the Corinthians to, you know, correct this behavior or this behavior or whatever, and then he... But it was like, they kind of got guilty from it mm-hmm. in in one part of it, like First Corinthians, and then after that, they had a, like a good repentance from it, Where but he was also wrote back a letter after that to be like, hey, I wasn't saying this because, you know, I was angry with y'all or because... you know like he was like this is out of love like I think we we always forget in the heat of the moment like we love that person over there and they're just doing the same thing that we would do Mm -hmm. and it's hard to turn around and look at yourself about that especially when you're dealing with somebody who or like for say instance you know a couple years down the road after God has revealed a few things about you like and then they're over there still doing the same thing But, I mean, that's part of what happens when you marry somebody and, like, you know, you weren't both walking together to church and all this stuff beforehand. Mm -hmm. Like, once you marry that person, you know, you've got to deal with part of, it's part of the world and part of the, the fleshly. Like, you know, whenever you first get into it, it's not about... Like, if you got married before you go to church and all this stuff, like, it's not about becoming one and, like, you didn't have that good foundation. You weren't able to pray to God before. Yep. Like, Mm -hmm. you've got some ground to make up. And if just one person changes, you're going to be unequally yoked. And you may have to slow down a little bit until the other person catches up. You know, like, you may have to cool it just a little bit. But it's also hard to remember in those heated moments of anger That, hey, I love this person and I need to set an example for them versus, you know, just rushing on ahead and being, you know, you you can't like run off and leave them behind. You've got to kind of set an example for them
3: also. Yeah. It's like whenever you're talking about like being a mom. It's not like you're mud like mothering them, but it's like you have to look at it as you look at your children. How you would react to a rebellious child, or how you would react to a child that you know that you've raised in church, you know you've raised them properly, or how God, according to what God has wanted you to, and then they go out on their own and they start making decisions that are not what they taught at home. They're their own being; they have their own free will. You know stuff like that. It's when they start doing that, and it pains your heart to see them making them mis- those mistakes when they know better, when mm-hmm. they've been taught better. So it's like initially your husband, for instance, Keegan was raised in the church. He, he was like, he know he knows about God. Mm-hmm. He, stay- he stayed in it. He knows, okay. Went out on his own, you know, like us all, we get off on the wrong path and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to pain your heart as if it was your child, Enough that it will help you repent, intercede in prayer for them until God has lifted the veil off their Mm -hmm. eyes. Until they're ready to self-reflect, until they're ready. So you intercede in prayer for them because it pains your heart that, man, I used to be like that. And God Mm -hmm. helped me. Like You can't Mm -hmm. judge them on that. You just try to intercede in prayer for them and ask forgiveness just like Jesus did on the cross for us. All them people... Was sitting there spitting on him and doing all those things. And his last words, you know, were forgive them because they do not know. The same thing with, with your spouse or who, whoever it may be. Forgive them because they just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're just lost a little bit. But they'll, they're going to come, but you have to intercede in prayer for them.
0: Yeah. And, like, in our situation, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road situation, right? So, like, Joel, he takes us to church. We go to church. You know, he has a relationship with the Lord, but we still run into things where we disagree or where he acts differently than I would or than I believe that he should. And... I still, you know, will get angry or try to say, no, I think you should have handled it like this, or, you know, I don't want you to do that, and he doesn't understand why. Well, you can only talk so much Mm -hmm. until, like you're saying, you have to allow the Lord to intercede. We had a situation just over the last couple weeks, something that we've been dealing with at home, that I have talked and talked and talked And it's something that bothers me deeply, and he doesn't understand why. You know, it doesn't make sense to him. It's not unveiled yet. And the Lord revealed to me last week that it's time to be quiet and that it's time to pray and let him intercede and let him handle it instead Mm -hmm. of me trying to talk and me trying to handle it. And that came out of conversations that we've had learning to start to self-reflect it's I I do believe that it's a learned process. I don't mm-hmm, believe yeah. that it's something that just comes naturally. I think that it's learned and it's something like I feel like I'm just at the at the first footsteps of the journey of it. And it's really cool because when God starts revealing things to you about how to address, you know, the stains mm-hmm. it's neat. It's it's a really beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, our situation is kind of in the middle there, you know, where, yeah, he goes to church, but we still have disagreements and we still have things that have to be reflected upon and, you know, washed away. Are you finding that you need more fuel throughout the week? Check out these other Jesus-driven podcasts. The Get Right Christian podcast, hosted by Jess Bishop, Jay Barnes, and Justin Brent. And unshakable with Charlena Kelly brought to you by Speak Truth Media. Charlena has been a wonderful influencer of ours, and we highly recommend listening to her program.
3: I think the immediate, like, I don't want to get off as just, like, you have to, like, mother your husband. That's not what I'm getting at all. That was, like, mm-hmm. an example. So I don't want our, our listeners to think it like that. Mm-hmm. But you have to use it as... Like, the love that you have for your child. Like, initially when you see them messing up, you know, you scold them, you know, whatever, but you want to hold them and you want to love them. You want to love them through it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but my initial thought when my husband makes me mad is not to love him through it. It's more like, <laughs> I'm fixing to throat punch you. Yes. You, know? Like, you know, whatever. But, like, you have to love them as Jesus loves us.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: His own disciples Turned like turned against him wasn't even there for him, but it's like he still loved them and still asked for forgiveness and all of that for him. Never mm-hmm. once did he say a cross word to him. Never once was he ugly to him, you know. And it's like I understand that that example is very hard to follow, mm-hmm. but it's like it's been set, and to when stains like this occur, you're supposed to love like Jesus, and that is easier said than done. Lord, it's easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like that's your initial first step is to stop and look at it as, okay, where is this rooted from? Why are we upset? Like what has caused this? That's immediately where I start. If something gets crossways, it's like, okay, have I hurt his feelings somewhere or somehow? Have I said something? Have I embarrassed him? Have I, what is it that has made him generate such anger towards me? And if I can't really figure it out and it's just something that's just off the wall, like I kind of try to categorize it in my head. Okay, it's nothing that I've done. Has somebody else done something to him and now he's just taking it out on me? Mm-hmm. So I like try to think of it from different perspectives before I blow up. And like I'll let, it, I'll let it keep going and I'll let the sly comments keep going and I'll let them keep coming and then like till my belly gets full and then I'm just like, if you have something you need to say to me, say it like I don't need the little comments coming back or the little nitpicks like if you got something to say say it and it just like it builds from there and then you try to initially get them to tell you you know like what the problem is and if it is me what have I done what can I do to make that better so you try to self-reflect in the midst of the argument if there's just no way out of it you're both angry you might as well just stop right then and there Mm -hmm. and just be like we're not done but we both need to cool off Mm -hmm. like that's an adult move there
0: it is
3: we're not going to go to bed mad we're going to just take some time apart we're going to think a little bit before Mm -hmm. our feelings get too hurt and things just go too far and like that was a learned thing for me and him and like we don't do it all all the time we mess up sometimes and Mm -hmm. you know have immediate blow-ups and hurt each other's feelings and it might take us a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> but we normally try not to let it get that far. Whether it's me giving in to him or him giving in to me, like, there's got to be give there. Mm-hmm. Somebody initially has to give in and, and start the stain removal process. <clears throat> like, you love that person. You're going to live the rest of your life with that person. Like, it's time to be adults. Let's, you know, do mm-hmm. this. If I've hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. If you need to say what you need to say, let me do, you know, say what you need to say. Get your feelings out there, communicate.
2: And that's like, I've experienced a lot of the opposite side of that. Like, because for the longest time, I wouldn't talk about it. And that was something that, you know, needed to happen. So I would, you know, bottle it all up and then I would get mad and explode and we would get nowhere. Like I wouldn't get to the point of, I wouldn't even know the point of why we were fighting. You know what I mean? Like, you would just be so frustrated. But um, I bottled up so much. And then becoming a nurse, also, like, I didn't talk about work a lot. And now I've had to deal with my heart being so hard. And, like, emotionless is not a thing you want. It's not something you want to get to or go to. But that's where we're at. You know, like so it's it's a it's a whole different kind of process that, you know, you like you don't really see it coming but we're almost there now, you know, like so now it's like a you gotta chip away at the rock and God's gotta chip away at those little pieces to soften you again because you you're supposed to be moldable in his hands and that's a couple years ago when we started the whole Bible study, I didn't realize where I was at. But I was hard as a rock, emotionless, like until i exploded and then it was just you know knock down drag out fights. but you know like i'd argue argue till i was out of breath <laughs> <laughs> but you know like it's something that has been pointed out to me and so like it is it is a good thing to you know step back and say hey i'm really having this emotion right now i need to step back and we can discuss it later but you really need to make sure that you go back and have a good discussion about it like communication is definitely a huge huge part of it because if you don't you you don't want to you don't want to get to where you just don't feel or where you're emotionless like and that's a that's a hard place to be especially being a nurse because you see so much so many things and like there's there's not there's no help for that there's no resources for There's not a lot of resources out there for nurses to just go, you know, talk. Like, yes, everybody says there's counselors and therapy and all this stuff, but, like, truly helping you in the daily life, you know, and having to go to work every day and seeing that and then having to come home and be all these other things whenever you don't have a, a, you know, if you don't have a spouse that understands that dealing with people all day is hard, you know? And so it... If they've had a bad day, too, like, your understanding and your compassion and all that's pretty much dried up by the time you get home sometimes. And it's real hard to love like Jesus whenever you get home sometimes. But it's something that you've got to try to put first throughout your whole day. Like, but if you don't, if you let it get too hard, I mean, it's not a good thing either. So having to be re-softened is a whole different Ball game that I never would have thought would have been a problem, you know.
3: I get, I get that with the hardness, there's resentment because mm-hmm. nothing comes out. Like if it's not being talked about, it's bottled up, and right. the hardness is hatred, resentment, unhappiness. Um, it's like just that like stain. That stain just, that it's, just, that that's just that's what keeps. That's what happens
2: when you let it sit and get mm-hmm.
3: it darker and darker, and then whatever you know, you try to. Okay. Well, I'll just let a little bit out here this time it's like applying a generic version of the shout you know like <laughs> yes. and you just squirt yeah. it just a little bit you just missed it and I'll be like oh that'll do for now but uh-huh. it's, it's not yeah. because it literally gets ingrained in you and then it's poured into your kids and then your kids see you how you handled those things and like my kids have seen me and my husband fight but they've also seen us make up too They've never mm-hmm. not seen us make up, and they've yeah. seen some pretty rough things. But it's like they've always seen us come back, and they've always, you know, seen us apologize. Even even if he didn't apologize to me, he's seen one of us. They've seen mm-hmm. one of us. So it's like you have to make that effort too, because you're paving the road for your children as well. Mm-hmm. And whenever you teach them to bottle that up, and you teach them to go ahead and, you know. Keeping those little comments Because like, 'cause it'll reflect between one parent and another. Either <laughs> the the child will lose respect for the the dad or the mom. Like it'll just it reflects. And I only say that because I've seen it in my home, mm-hmm. and I've seen my kids side with me and reflect differently towards Keegan on mm-hmm. some things. And it's not right. And like I'll have to correct them, and then I'll have to correct myself too, because these are things that are learned. Yes. You are teaching your children these things. And it's like, what are you teaching them? Are you going to teach them to be toxic? Or are you going to teach them to be compassionate human beings who understand that everybody has emotions and people use them differently? Mm-hmm. And, and how they're going to do that, like, it's a legit thing. Like, I grew up in a separated home. There was emotions everywhere, you know, and it's like, as a kid, you kind of just bottle those up. Like, I don't really know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what to do with it. Well, like, as a kid, I mean, you don't
2: think about the things you do you just you see it so you from your parents or whatever so you learn to do it and like i know as an adult like i learned a lot of things from my parents that i didn't realize were a problem until i was old enough to self-reflect like but you know until you're like 20 or older like you don't think it's a problem you just think oh i saw that it worked you know it's fine yeah no big deal move on but it, i mean once you learn a habit it's hard to break a habit.
3: Oh, it's horrible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like, I guess looking at it like coming from a divided home multiple times on both sides. It's like I never wanted that for myself or for my children. Not that it was ever bad, like as far as like going from mom's home to dad's home. Like there was never issues there. Like, if we were at, if it was mom's time and we wanted to go to dad's, like, mom was always good about, like, y'all can go to your dad's, like, it was very versatile. Mm -hmm. But it's like the things, the emotions, you play on the emotions of both. And, like, you have to deal with those as kids and then learning how to process them yourself and, like, living that life. I've never wanted it for myself. I've always wanted a, you know, I want my kids to live in a solid home, and I want them to understand what that's like and not have to be divided because in times like these, it's just, it's easy. And sometimes, like, I'm not taking up just, like, if you got a divorce, this is this for you. Like, I understand that there's times when it just needs to be done, like, Mm -hmm. for protection or if things just aren't going right, unfaithfulness, like, I get it. But it's like, if it's just because you can't get along, it's a self-reflection problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And like uh, and like you were talking about the getting married, you know, and not being equally yoked. I'm not going to lie to y'all. When I got married, the thought of my husband knowing Jesus never crossed my mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Never crossed my mind. I knew he was a good person, you know. I mean, at that, at that age, like, I wasn't even worried about going to church. I was more worried about partying and, and things yeah. like that. Never once did Jesus ever cross my mind. And then it's like you pray you like want your marriage to be blessed. Well you didn't even ask Jesus to bless, you know, bless it in the beginning mm-hmm. anyway. Right. So then yeah. it's like you're in it and then you're asking him to bless something that you didn't even involve him in in the first place. And so like that's something you kinda have to think about too. Not yeah. that my husband is bad by any means. He does believe in Jesus and 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 never gives me issues about going to <clears throat> church. He just doesn't go with me. And that's mm-hmm. just one way for Satan to use that against him and, and me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, but it, he's back where, you know, you were whenever y'all yes. first started. Like, he's, yes. he's still in the fleshly world. Yep. Like, that's where... And that's where everybody's at. I mean, you, it just... It takes uh, it takes a little bit more, I think, with marriages like that to strip <laughs> it back. And, you know, like you said, you know, it happens for one person normally faster than another.
3: The more willing vessel, I guess, I guess you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to... I was in such a place at that time where really it was just me and Kendon. He worked at the RIG, so it was like he was gone 14 days and then home 14 days. Well, it's like in those 14 days of him being gone and my Jesus-filled little self, like I just got in my, you know, like my routine. And then it's like he'd come home, and I was just like, he messed up your routine? <laughs> what you is <laughs> this? You know, and then like that's where it all began. Like he would bring things home. like from the rig and then like it would be you know brought to my attention or i would find it and i'm like you know immediately hurt my feelings and then it's like bible says you can't be doing this you basically become a bible thumper Mm -hmm. and so it's like then what do you what do you do with that and that's where it originated for me is that's what i was doing is was judging him we have no place to judge anybody who are you to judge you know if you have no sin, please cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was doing. But I didn't see that until God was like, let me tell you what you're doing here. Everything that you're mm-hmm. laying down about him, I'm going to lay down a few things about you. Right. And like, as somebody who was going to church, like, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. But now that it was revealed, like, I tried to reflect on it.
2: Yeah. So. That's one of the things that I feel like we struggle with as Christians or you know like the big stereotype like hypocrites and go to church or whatever but like it's something that you've got to remember you were that sinner but you've also got to make Jesus made his example, his example was attractive Mm -hmm. because it was accepting of everybody it was not judgmental you need to do this, this and this and this like you need to get your this the bible says this you know like it was more of a and i feel like that's where we struggle a lot as christians is making you know we struggle with the emotions and everything just like the flesh but we put those expectations on sinners mm-hmm. who yeah. are not at the point that we're at right. and we can't expect that out of them we just need to show
3: them
0: the love out of it
3: it definitely starts in our homes like we need to start that in our homes
0: yeah there's mm-hmm. more so than anywhere else you have to be able to m- master i guess if you will that in your home before you can ever take it out in public essentially mm-hmm. and it's something that you can always work on and always grow in. It's an area that's ever ever changing ever blossoming i guess yep mm-hmm. yeah so with that being said, don't let stains
3: beyond your marriage and not taking the time to communicate about them and taking the time to work through them because if they're not taken care of they're initially going to be irremovable and then it'll end up in separation and things like that you have to communicate and work through them and like it makes you love each other more because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you can communicate and talk about it and work through the hard things like, just be like the different, you know, roasts of coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. you can find out when you read the book. So Yes.
0: Yes. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube and can see, or here in front of Jill, this is what the cover looks like. It is available on, what, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Amazon and you can find it on our website. It's www.rw.org, but uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart. And Walmart mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, so available everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a super good read.
3: And it's easy and it's not real wordy and it's got some humor in it. So I mean
0: yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like you're it's like you're reading listening to Katie talk. It's <laughs> the best thing ever. It is. <laughs> Shall we close in a word of prayer? Yes. <laughs> okay. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful time that we've gotten to spend together tonight. For the word that we have been able to bring for the journey that each of us has been on through this book, through our group, through the people that we have met in the midst of all of it. We thank you so much for our journeys from the beauty that comes from them and the lessons that we've learned. We ask that our journeys will influence our listeners and that hopefully they can take away good bits and pieces that will help themselves in their own marriages and in their own homes. We just want to be able to spread your word and we're so very grateful for each other and for all that you've done for each of us, Lord. We ask that you bless each and every one of our homes, our families, that you continue to guide us, that you continue to teach us and grow us in your name and in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.